Hey, Corner Office listeners, you can find us on all streaming platforms such as Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Also, make sure to check out our Instagram at the Corner Office Pod. Now, enjoy this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Corner Office. Um, it's good to be back. Guess what, guys? Basketball is back. We're talking Finally. a little bit more basketball. I know. I mean, we've we've kind of gone in the in the more traditional sports podcast route, which is awesome because, I mean, it means that we get to talk about more broad topics and stuff. But it's always good when we get to kick it back to our roots and talk about the thing that, I mean, I know best. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this segment and, and getting to talk about some stuff. Um yeah, so as always, I'm Alex, and I'm Jack, and let's get right into it. What do you? What do you? What do you? I mean, you, we are thinking? officially three weeks away from the NBA season, and yeah, normally man. it's during the summer where we start to get all the NBA drama with yep. free agents signing for new teams and big trades going down in order to move, you know, diva players, <clears throat> James Harden, who want to move out of the cities that they're in and demanded to get traded to, and we just didn't get a lot of that this summer and. I don't know about you, but I hadn't gotten my fill. So I'm glad that it finally came about. Me either. I mean, James Harden's still in a situation. That's going to be an interesting situation going forward. But, um, I mean, we got a lot of breaking news in the past, what, 48-ish hours. First things first, do you have that trade-up that we're we're going to talk about first or no? So I know that the majority of our listeners are Celtics fans, including us. Don't worry. We're going to get there. But first... We're going to go chronologically, and we're going to talk about Damian Lillard moving to the Milwaukee Bucks in a three-team trade that sent Damian Lillard to the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, It sent Drew Holiday at the time and DeAndre Ayton to the Portland Trail Blazers, and then the Phoenix Suns got Yusuf Nurkic and a lot of compensation. Yeah, Grayson Allen, too. I feel like he warrants a mention. Yep, Grayson Allen as well. One of the silent role player in this NBA, but... I wouldn't say he's silent. I mean, I think he's been a very solid role player in the NBA. Yeah, but before we get to the Bucks, yep, or the Trailblazers, I want to talk yep. about both of them. I'm going to first ask you about the Phoenix Suns. We've seen yeah. them be a team, and I mean, right now they have a power three, but their power three are full of some pretty old players. Mm-hmm. And so now they have no depth beyond those guys, especially having lost DeAndre Ayton, who in my opinion is better than Yusuf Nurkic. Yep. It seems like they're in a win-now window and that it's going to close very soon and that they're actually like preparing themselves for that rebuild phase, and I actually think it's a good move for them because I personally am not expecting a whole ton out of them this season. Well, I think that if you were going to say that they were looking to rebuild, you would have to see them get some picks, and the fact that they didn't get any picks means to me that I do think that they're trying to win now. Um, I think the reason that they dumped Aiton for this is just because they couldn't pay him. I mean, they have three big contract guys on the roster now in uh, in Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and uh, Bradley Beal. So, like, DeAndre Ayton's money probably wasn't coming in, and I think that as much as they've been fine with the production that Ayton has been giving them over the past couple of years that he's been in the league, I think it's five or six years now, he hasn't really lived up to that number one pick um, prestige that he had coming in. So, like, I think that it was bound to happen that he was going to get dumped at some point, and you know that's that's just something that you're gonna have to live with if you're um, 
if you're if you're the if you're the Phoenix Suns. Now, what they got back in in um, in Yusuf Nurkic and Grayson Allen and Keon Johnson and Nasir Little, I don't really get it. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic isn't the guy who can stay healthy for the majority of a season, and thus, like, I'm not really sure like why they decided that he was the guy to go to. Um, he's played very few games in the past two years for the Portland Trailblazers, but when he is healthy, he's a solid, probably top 10 to 15 big man in the entire league. Um, Grayson Allen gives you a bit of bench depth, I guess, and so do the other two players. But from the Suns' perspective, I just think that this was an Aiden contract dump. Get rid of a player that, you know, didn't really do very much for your program. But I don't really understand it um, top to bottom. Yeah, I don't either. And, uh, like, honestly, I think that they're starting to do some quality control or some damage control, rather, um, because they really did splurge on their big three that they have right now. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but what's Bradley Beal's role going to be as he plays the same position as Booker? Do you think Book moves into a one? Do you think that they get all three of those guys on the floor at the same time? Or do you think that Beal leads the second team? Because I've been seeing, you know, a lot of chatter all over the NBA forums towards Bradley Beal potentially leading the second unit. I mean, yeah, I think it's I think it's plausible that he does lead the second unit, but I also do think that he'll be a starter. Um, he's just probably going to be a guy that you know slides into a into a smaller role um, when it comes to like shooting and efficiency and standards and stuff like that. So like he's going to have to get his minutes when he can, right? Um, so either either way, I still don't really get this trade from the Suns' perspective, and we're just going to have to see how this goes for them going forward. Um, I think the next logical step is to talk about the Trailblazers end, no? No, I think that we should do that after we talk about the Bucks because the Trailblazers is actually a nice transition into Celtics talk. So let's move to the Bucks next. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so I mean, clearly the sweepstakes winner of this entire thing would be the Damian Lillard aspect, right? Yeah. So I just, you know, I just want to ask you. I'm gonna like give you some questions because yeah, like, go for it. I'm more of a football guy. You're more of a basketball guy, and I feel like the people want to hear what you have to say about this a lot more than what I do. So. I mean, obviously, first, what do you think this move adds? And res- like, respectively, what do you think that it subtracts from the Bucks lineup? Well, I mean, obviously, it adds offensive production. Uh, Damian Lillard is a top two to three point guard in the entire NBA. He's a great scorer. He's a fantastic shooter. If he was on a team um, that was consistently in playoff contention, I think that you would see him up in the MVP race a couple of years back. I think his best days are probably a bit behind him, but I do think that he's still an all-star caliber, all-NBA second or third team caliber guard. I just don't think that he's better than Steph Curry. I think Steph Curry is the best point guard in the NBA right now. Um, but like he clearly adds a, a, a level of, you know, a level of dynamics to like their offense now because I mean you know that Giannis is going to be a slasher he's going to try and get to the rim he's not going to shoot a lot of threes Chris Middleton being healthy but probably having regressed through injury um, he's going to be the second part of that big three and now you take away some of his touches to give them to Damian Lillard who's going to be a really good shooter who's going to be able to space the floor really well I mean like there are a bunch of memes on the internet right now about the NBA where it's like Giannis gets like a, a, a full court chase down block and then like Damian Lillard hits from like the logo. Like that's real. You it's know, very, like you very have, much real. Like you now have Giannis getting a true point guard to play with. And not to say that Drew Holiday wasn't, um, but like on the offensive side of the ball, it just makes them that much more dynamic. Where I think that it takes away a little bit is Damian Lillard is not anywhere comparable to the same level of defender that Drew Holiday is. Um, Drew Holiday is a fantastic defender, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, and not to say that Dame is a really bad defender. He's just not, you know, 
he's not an all-NBA caliber defender. Uh, he's a decent defender, not somebody that you need to, like, totally hide, but he's also not that big. So, I mean, I think defensively they take a little bit of a step back, but their defense is so good overall just because Giannis is a great defender. Um, Brooke Lopez is a pretty good defender. Bobby Portis is a good defender. Chris Middleton, when he's healthy, is a good defender, you know. So, like, I think that this team um, has now added that piece of scoring that they were missing last season, and hopefully for them this will get them over the hump come playoff time. So how do you think this lineup shakes out? Because I've seen people sliding Pat Connaughton into the two, and I and I think that that's honestly smarter because Bobby Portis last year was – Second, third, and I think he was, I think he was third behind Emmanuel quickly and Malcolm Brogdon, sixth man of the year voting. So, do you think yeah. that they continue to keep him off the bench and go small with Pat Connaughton, or do you think that they bring Bobby, Bobby Portis into that starting five and have a bigger lineup with him playing the three and then Giannis at the four and Brooks Lo, Brooke Lopez at the five? I think you keep Bobby Portis off the bench. I, I do think that you slide Pat Connaughton into that uh, shooting guard role, so I think that that looks like Damian Lillard at the point guard, Pat Connaughton, who's a low-volume, um, high-efficiency player into the shooting guard spot, Chris Middleton at the small forward, Giannis at the power forward, and then Brooke Lopez at center, having Bobby Portis come off the bench um, and lead that second unit. Yeah, so, I mean, the next thing that I wanted to ask you is um, – like, how does this stack up against the rest of the East? But I think that we could talk about that more once the Celtics come in. So, definitely, definitely. So something that I've been thinking of is, do we, do we have any concern for injury revolving around this Bucks team? Because if you look top to bottom, Chris Middleton has struggled with injury history. Damian Lillard has borderline struggled with injury history throughout his career, staying healthy for a whole season. So do you think that this Bucks team can keep all of its players on the court healthy in order to make a legitimate run? Or do you think that we're going to see some injuries throughout here? I mean, the answer is for basketball, I hope so. You know, I think it's good for basketball when we have this much parity throughout the league. So it would be disappointing to see a team like this that's, like, very well constructed so far um, fall apart due to injury. I mean, I guess there's always the inherent risk of it happening again, but I do think that this team will stay healthy. Uh, I also think that Dame's limiting, like, he doesn't have to go out there and score 35 a night anymore on this Bucks team, right? He has an MVP caliber player right next to him. So I think that that will, you know, make it so that he doesn't have to play every game, which is a good thing. I mean, they can load manage a little bit as well, which, I mean, we've spoken about and we don't love it. But, like, if one of the two stars is going to be playing, I don't really think you can complain that much. Um, and I just think that, like, the limiting of his touches a little bit and making it so that he doesn't have to, like, over like overextend his capabilities and stuff like that is going to make it so that he's going to be healthier in my opinion I just think that's how it goes um so I hope and I think that this Bucks team will probably be fine on the health aspects as long as Chris Middleton can stay healthy and that's going to be the big question going forward all right so let's talk about the trailblazers now yeah man this is this is a team that historically hasn't really been good over what the last 20 30 years <laughs> this is years? a team that historically <laughs> hasn't been good yeah they just I haven't mean, been great but i think that they have a, they actually have a really good young core that they can finally build around and and we haven't talked about the trailblazers even being like a playoff contender since you know cj mccollum and dame were hitting buzzer beater shots in the playoffs against paul george so let's talk about what they have now yeah so I don't. We're not going to talk about the Drew Holiday trade just yet. Um, so like in the in the Damian Lillard trade, they received Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, Tuamani Kamara, 
and three first round picks with two pick swaps, which I think is a good thing. I mean, getting pick and capital for the draft is always a big deal. Um, DeAndre Ayton is really the big star of this entire trade because, you know, as we know, there's another trade that's going to happen for Drew Holiday. Um, and, like, I think that what the Portland Trailblazers are hoping is that he takes that next step towards being an all-NBA caliber center, which I don't think is out of the question. I mean, he's obviously talented. I just don't know if he had the touches in uh, in Phoenix in order to, you know, in order to become the center that we, that we expected him to be when he got drafted. So I think the hope is that him and then Jeremy Grant and the other guys that they got from Boston, which, I mean, I think at this point we can just talk about, um, is going to make them into a team that's going to be pretty good, like maybe two to three years down the line if they get some good picks in there. Um, So you want to talk to me about the Drew Holiday trade so that we can finish up the Blazers? Well, yeah, so before we – like the Drew Holiday trade, the Boston Celtics sent Malcolm Brogdon and Robert Williams and draft compensation over to – the Trailblazers in exchange for Drew Holiday and looking at their roster do you have any concern for the amount of big men that they have on that team there are a lot of them I wouldn't be surprised and like balancing we... out balancing out their roles in order to keep them all like just Jeremy Grant and DeAndre Ayton are both scorers but Robert Williams is a defensive player of the year candidate when healthy yeah yep I mean there are there are a lot of big men on that team and I, I think that you'll see I don't see Robert Williams starting over DeAndre Ayton, if that's what you're asking me. Um, but I also I don't like either. don't I don't know like what that's going to look like going forward. I mean that could be that could be literally anything for them. They do have a lot of big men, so I wouldn't be surprised if you see them try to move some guys before the season starts. But I also don't think that they're trying to win this year. I think that they're trying to rebuild. Malcolm Brogdon's a big pickup for them. I always have thought really highly of him. Um, you know, I mean, he didn't do a ton for us in Celtics Green, but, like, you know, I, I was still a fan of him. I've been a fan of him ever since he won Rookie of the Year on, on Milwaukee. So, um, he won Sixth Man of the Year with us. Right. So, I mean, I guess he did He did do a lot. Um, so, moving forward, I think this Blazers team is just going to try and rebuild, try and build up some of their youth. I mean, I think that you see a lot of input into the development of DeAndre Ayton, and hopefully he becomes the guy going forward for this team. Yeah, so I—I I mean, now I think it's—I think it's only right to move into Celtics talk, and you and yeah, I thank both God, holding thank back God for that because it has been so long since we last got to do some Celtics talk. But focusing on the green now, we we have added Drew Holiday, one of my favorite players. I know I've talked about him highly on this show before. And He's one, one of, of my favorite players in the entire NBA. He's on that short list of random guys that like. If you're a real corner office listener, you remember we had a segment a couple months ago where we just started naming like our random favorite players. Yeah, and one of Brad Stevens' favorite players, which exactly. is something and, that shouldn't go understated. And and Celtics fans know exactly what he brings, but we're going to tell you what he brings anyways. Yeah, man. We now I, have two of the best defensive guards. I would say the two best defensive guards in the entire NBA. You cannot overlook that. We are defense first team, and he's bringing that. Drew Holiday is a guy that who not only is going to lock up their best player, whoever that may be, whoever we are playing, but can bring you 20 points a night fairly consistently as well as a multitude of assists. I don't know what the number is, but I know that it's high. Yep, yep. I mean, honestly, I think that you just got a replacement and an upgrade for a Marcus, uh, Marcus Smart type player. That's exactly – I wrote down that he – 
is bringing the defensive prowess of Marcus Smart. Yep, with a more much offensive more production. Scorer yeah. And a much more reliable passer. I agree with both of those things. I mean, he's an all-star caliber guard, you know, which is big for us because we haven't had a true point guard who's been good on the Celtics in a very long time. I can't – the last one that it's I can Rondo. think of is Rondo. Yeah, I was going to say Rajon Rondo. Um, so, like, I think that's really good for our offense and our defense. I think it's good for our defense too. This year is going to be very quintessential, I think, for the Celtics to see if Joe Mazzulla can coach defensive basketball because at this point – you know, you lose Robert Williams, which is a big loss when it comes to defense, but you have a all three All-NBA like caliber defenders, in my opinion. I think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are both really good defenders for their position. They're both wing defenders that, that can get it done. And then you have Drew Holiday and Derek White, who are two of, if like arguably well, the best Ford, defenders Christoph at their position. He was fifth in the league in blocks last year. Right. So you have a team that should be built for defensive success going forward now that needs to be coached up and that needs to be put in place and we can't be just an an offense first team in my opinion I think the Celtics need to be a defense first team in order to win but I mean I think that we put ourselves in a position to do that so what I I wrote down dynamacy I don't know if that's a word like Uh, probably not how dynamic how dynamic does this make our team and what kind of different motions can we get into with them I think it makes us very dynamic. I think it makes us um, hard to guard on offense because, I mean, obviously you have Jason Tatum, who's going to be an MVP candidate, in my opinion. You have Jalen Brown, who's an all-NBA guy, in my opinion. And now you add a guy like Drew Holiday who can get the ball to these guys and can defend on defense. I think this makes us a much better transition team because I think that we can get stops and that can lead to breakouts. Um, And honestly, I like – when you say dynamic, I mean, I think that we're already a dynamic offense. I think that our offense was coached really well last year. I just don't think on defense we got it done enough in order – like, the players that we had on defense did not live up to the expectations that I had for them. Agreed. And now losing Robert Williams is kind of going to be a blow to that, in my opinion. But, like, I still think that but, this defense could get better. But you have to think better. about it this way. Robert Williams also missed a large portion of the season, including a couple of playoff games. So right. we were playing a lot of the season without him anyways last year. Right. So you're committing to um you're committing you're committing to to the to the like to the fact that Drew Holiday you're like you you've now given up on Robert Williams is basically what I'm saying of of like any hope of him being healthy for a for a consistent amount of time and playing more than 40 something games, right? Um and honestly like I'm sure I'm sure like the question on most people's minds is did we give up too much to get Drew Holiday and I think the answer is I think we gave up the perfect amount. Yeah, um, I don't think I don't think we did. I think it was a very balanced trade. I really do. I think that we got better through this trade. I think that Drew Holiday is a better guard than we gave up and I think that you know if we can iron out some of the defensive problems that we had last year we'll be a very good team going forward. So I think that this team is very reliant on the Kristaps Porzingis move because we gave up a lot for him. I agree. And now we've given we've given up a lot of our big man like lineup that we had in the past. Yeah, we're small again. Like now Al Al has moved out of that lineup and we are relying a lot on interior paint defense on Kristaps Porzingis mm-hmm. and him staying healthy a whole year. But with that being said, last season he he brought over he's bringing to Boston over a blocked game and 23 and a half points per game last season. 
Right, right, right. I don't think that, like, obviously he won't be getting that same workload, but he's a guy who can either stretch the floor and shoot three-pointers, which is huge for our offense because we shoot the most three-pointers in the league. Yep, but he's I also agree. a guy who can hit the paint and, you know, bang down low if he has to, <laughs> yep. for lack of better word. Uh-huh. So yep. I think that we're relying on him a lot. But uh, another thing that we need to talk about is we're going small. We now have we have Drew at the point, Derek at the two, and I think that Derek at the two is going to be great for us. Yeah, him not being the ball dominant point guard is or guard is going to be great for us mm-hmm. because it opens up for more wing shots, which is his specialty. But so we have Drew at the one, Derek White at the two, Jalen Brown at three, Tatum back at the four, which we haven't seen him in in a long time, right? And then Kristaps at the five. Yeah. Yeah. So we're a small ball lineup. It's weird to say that we're a small ball lineup with a 7-1 center. Um, but, yeah. a 6-10 power forward, but it's just not their play style. <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, like, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how this team meshes. I mean, it's built for success. It just needs to stay that way, right? Correct. And, I mean, I think the East is loaded this year. You, We just talked a bunch about the Bucks getting Damian Lillard. And now I think that. For this team, though, it is a championship or bust season. I agree, and I'm honestly I'm here for the ride. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, me Let's too, bring man. Home. I'm very much, so, I'm very much looking forward to this. So I'm just gonna give you one last number before we move on to football. I know we've got a lot of people listening for football. Go ahead. If we take our starting fives points per game last season, guess how many it is? Like all. All five of them for combine, this season? If we combine our starting five, who is Drew, D. White, JB, JT, and Kristaps, if we combine their points per game from last season, how much do you think it is? Probably like 115, 125. It's 111.6. Okay. Yeah. And all of those guys are averaging 15 points. So we are going to be very reliant on our fitness and keeping our starting five in the game. Right. Right. Yeah. So, that's it for Celtics talk. Three weeks out from the season. I'm excited to get that going again. Hell yeah, man. It's going to be awesome. Last year's playoff wounds have finally healed, and I'm ready to be an absolute delusional Celtics (laughs) fan again. Yeah, I don't want to see any more Celtics slander on the internet either. Yeah, stop that, okay? 